Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwaite, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Almwaite. Good morning, Maui. It's James Jacobson sitting in for Mary. Mary is still a little bit under the weather, so we sent her some warm aloha and some healing love as as the voices pass through the air to, to say, hello, Mary. Hope you're feeling better. We have a wonderful show today, two fantastic women uh, speaking about power, the power of the voice and the power of intentional prayer. Our first guest is Rhiannon, who has come to Maui to perform uh, at a concert and then to actually do a workshop at Unity, and we'll be speaking with her in the first half hour. And in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Reverend Diane Winter, who is an international spiritual counselor and teacher of philosophy of the science of mind. She has been a member of our congregation for a a long time, and she's going to be talking to us about the power of prayer. But as I said, our first guest is Rhiannon. Welcome, Rhiannon. Thank you. When I was teasing you, it's like, there's no last name. It's like Cher. It's Rhiannon. Yeah. What's the, what's the etymology of that? Uh, it's a Welsh name. Okay. I took it 32 years ago. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and I took it by sound. I really like the sound of so it. So let me hear you say it, because I don't think I do it justice. Well, no, you do. You say it just fine. Rhiannon. 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 And but there are a lot of variations, as you can imagine. I imagine it gets butchered <laughs> a little bit. Well, she uh, she's part of the folklore of Wales, still very active part of that folklore. And one of the legends about her has to do with singing, which I didn't know when I took the name. Really? I took the name by sound. But the legend goes that she had these three birds that sat on her shoulder with a song that was so unusual and powerful that it could sing people through the doorway of death or into life. That's powerful. And you just were drawn to it because of the name. But because of the sound. I heard somebody say Rihanna, and, and my my birth name is Susan. And yeah. I thought, you know, there are just too many of us. There are too many Susans <laughs> too out there, many. and they're not. you probably don't run into Rihanna every day. No, I was kind of listening for, the, for a new name, and then I heard that. And then not too long after that, Fleetwood Mac did the Rihanna song. Mm-hmm. And then, so there were quite, there were a lot of young girls named Rihanna. Their moms heard that and named And were their, drawn to that. Yeah. What's so, in what's what's in a name? What's the, what's the power of? I mean, because this so nicely ties in with what you're all about. But what's in a name and in, in how it sounds? Well, I've been uh, I've been teaching thirty two years, mm-hmm. and um, one of the exercises I used to do. I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to ask people to sing their name, which I think is sort of common in certain kind of workshops. So they would sing it, and then we would go back, and and then I'd say, okay, sing some other part of your name that you don't use a lot. Again, and then sing... You mean like a middle name? Yeah, and then sing a nickname that you had as a child. And pretty soon it unfolds, and people say, like, I really love my name. I always love my name. I so appreciate that my parents took the time to name me that, or I hate my name. I've always hated my name. So... If people say that word to you over and over, many times a day, it becomes hugely important. It's in the airwaves around you. That's very powerful. That's yeah. interesting. You know, yeah. in Maui, a lot of people come to Maui and reestablish their identity, a re, you know, rebirth. I'm going to be a new person when I come to Maui. And they come, and oftentimes they take new names. So, you know, uh-huh. you meet Ocean Breeze or, or Whale Song Writer or oh, yeah. whatever. Um, And so when I came to Maui, I was sharing with you, I I have moved here full-time in 2003. Prior to that, I had been commuting between Washington, D.C. and Maui since 1990. And um, I said, well, what can I do name-wise? James. Because Jim Jacobson is what people call me. And then I said, well, do James. And I... And there's a, there is a total different vibration uh-huh. and how you say the name uh-huh. and, and what comes behind it very much is uh, reflective of who, you're, who you are and what you're communicating. Yeah, I think so, too. It has a lot of power. For me, the name Rhiannon was very musical. Mm-hmm. And I was at a point where I was going from my acting work to full-time uh, music work, and I felt like it was a good time to shift my identity. I shaved my head mm-hmm. and changed my name. And it had an enormous effect. It just, it, you know, how they say energy follows intention. Totally. So I... Uh, we say that a lot here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, 
a lot changed. I became a full-time musician. was n- only really a couple of months after I changed my name that I met these women that I formed a jazz ensemble with called Alive, uh-huh. which was together for 10 years. But it was really literally just a few months after that. Mm-hmm. So I opened up to like being in a new place. I was in my Saturn return. I was right around 30 years old. And yeah. It was a very powerful time. And it matters that when people say your name to you, if people say James to you over and over again, mm-hmm. or if they call you Jim or even Jimmy, mm-hmm. it's very different. There's a t- and, and I've been called all of those things, yeah. and they have such different – I mean, I think that's when you think about uh, uh, Jimmy Carter as president, that's just such a colloquial, friendly kind of uh-huh. name, but there's not exactly. a lot of honorific with, with Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. maybe he helped that being president and being yeah. named Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. But it, it's true, those sort of diminutive or those yeah. child, more childlike parts of the name. I would get called Susie and I would think, oh, that is so wrong for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not it. And somehow Rhiannon with the three syllables uh-huh. seemed very, um, it seemed very right. And then after I took the name, I began to read the stories about her and found out that actually she had a lot to do with music. And I felt like I had very much been guided to take that name and that it was a part of my new identity as a as a musician so it really helped me turn a corner you know how there are times in life where you it's really a corner if you choose to uh, be as open as you can mm-hmm. to it and and sometimes we close ourselves off cuz we think enough change already right going to be like totally. a little too much <laughs> but in that time in my life wow yeah so when you you make those shifts and then the world just opens up to you. Yeah, and which I is joined very I very much joined the women's community at that mm-hmm. point which was very strong. This was like the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. And so there was all this openness to women writing their own music and forming ensembles and uh it it just changed everything. You teach something that I've never heard of, vocal improvisation, which is I guess what we're doing right now. We but are. That's not we're what improvising. You teach, right? yeah. We're improvising. Well, you know, for me, it's all the same. I do it on pitch and with rhythm, b- because it's vo- it's because it's musical. So, do you have to be a singer to do it? Uh, mm, how do I answer that question carefully, so that I encourage people to come to the workshop? Right. Uh, in this workshop, mm-hmm. anybody can come who wants to sing okay. because I've designed this one day workshop where you're going to sing in s- mostly ensemble all day long mm-hmm. in certain sections but um, I do a lot of work with people who who are very strong singers who have their career established as musicians mm-hmm. and they feel like they're not quite singing their own song yet and um, my training is a lot in classical music as a young woman. And then I, I was born in South Dakota. And so the the most interesting music I could find was classical music. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to New York City. And, of course, jazz came very much uh, forward in my consciousness. So I started going to jazz clubs every night. I started being much more... Um, uh, around the black community there. I was teaching in a black high school and getting really educated about the music of the world mm-hmm. and all the diversity of possibilities. And improvisation is a part of all of that. Uh, it's very much a part of jazz, as you know, sure. where it's more called, in, in a vocal way, it's called scat singing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a bigger concept than that. And if you listen to world music, you're hearing improvisation all the time. If you're hearing traditional musics of any culture, I'm thinking of Hawaiian music, there's a way in which it's very much, um, it it needs to be exact because it's passing culture. Mm -hmm. So you need to say the words exactly. You need to follow the melody. But when you hear great singers of Hawaiian music, they're improvising. There's some way they're putting their own soul into it. And how do you get to that point? Do you have to first be a master of it, and then you get the the creative license to improvise? Well, I start teaching people right from the beginning, and I'm now teaching other people to teach so that they can do more of the teaching of the beginning students. But for anybody, what you need to do is first you you need to learn how to be in tune. Because if you're going to sing, you've got to find out where the center of the tone is so that people can relax around mm-hmm. your sound. If you're in tune, they're going to relax a little more. So we. So when you say in tune, you mean literally? In tune, okay. in the center of okay. the pitch. Okay. So what I do is I... So you have I, to have a good ear. 
I teach people the skills of improvisation, and then I teach them more of the kind of spirit of improvisation, the kind of mystery. Because when you're improvising, on the one hand, you're dealing with being in tune. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with having a rhythmic concept. So, for example, you can sing in more than 4-4. You can sing in 6-8. You can sing in 5-4. You begin to be able to deal with rhythm in a more interesting way. You can be polyrhythmic or um, um, uh, anything that begins to put you more out in the world of music where there's lots of different rhythms. So do you need to know the rules first in order to break them? No, you come. You come first and you learn the rules. Yes. So you need to have the rules first. It's It's like Picasso... It was a great, you know, painter mm-hmm. of of uh, I was going to say still lifes. So that's not what I'm looking for, but you know, really knew the rules of light and texture and shape. And then he broke. And then he broke them. And yes. that's really what you're advocating. It is because I think when people hear the word improvisation, if they're thinking music, they're thinking horn solo, mm-hmm. jazz when horn solo. Jazz is the first thing that yes. comes to mind. And what I want to get across is that really we're all improvising every day. And and a lot of music has improvisation in it. Even if it's, say, at the end of a Hawaiian song, a modern Hawaiian song, not even a chant, mm-hmm. but at the end of a Hawaiian song, there'll be a, a refrain right. at, the, at the end. Mm-hmm. And they'll start to just, like, change the melody and mess around, in which they're putting more of their soul into it. Mm-hmm. First, they're doing it very exact, and then they're putting more of their own feeling into it. How do you how do you bring that type of improvisational voice work n- to the world of talking to the world not of singing? Because right now I can choose to sing you a melody, but I'm speaking to you at the same time. I think people were meant to sing much more than they do. I sing in the shower, and I won't do this on the radio. <laughs> but, but you just did. Uh, that's true. I just apologize <laughs> to everyone who's listening. So do, do you think that, I mean, and I just feel happier kind of goofing around exactly. like that. Exactly. And, and so that does bring a kind of a lightness of the it, spirit. It does. So if you're the, driving around and you're singing, that's good. The, so, the, in fact, the human voice is meant to occupy more than those few pitches in the middle on which yeah. we're speaking. Because it feels like it opens up your chest. It does. Or you can be... (laughs) So I teach my voice to have more range of expression, and I loosen up certain parts of my body because, you know, the voice is... um, It's on waves of sound. As we're speaking, it's literally on waves of sound. So when it enters, like if I'm looking at you, I'm talking to you, the waves of my voice are coming toward your body. Right. And it's possible then to begin to vibrate the bones in your body. Because it's just doing this. It's like sonar. Exactly. You're you're sending it out. Exactly. And I'm I'm vibrating the bones in my own body when I sing. So my, my favorite teacher said to me, look... If you're singing really full and your body is full of sound, you're vibrating every bone in your body. Literally. That is, is so cool. Isn't that good? And think about the whales, as you were just saying. Yeah. Sonar. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my uh, fiancé, whenever I get a little stressed out, starts singing to me in a very silly voice. <laughs> and I'm like, quiet. I, I, can't, I can't stress if you're singing like this. <laughs> and it's so true. And, and if you just start playing, and, and, yeah. and even those of us who don't think that we are certainly I, I will say I am not well trained in singing at all um, but, but it's your fun, voice is beautiful but well thank you it's it's well, I think I can talk on a radio but I'm not so sure because I, I am tone deaf I think or I've been told that maybe it's not true but it is fun to sing and so it's, I'm one of those shower singers and one of those people who sings in the car and their windows are rolled up so let's talk about tone deaf okay you know, that is not exactly a real concept. It's something that people very often say to children. or to That's w- when I first was told that. When they my want parents them, told me I was told Yes, down. they usually want you to Shut be up. quieter. <laughs> yeah. And so they say that, and people carry that. I've heard that so many times. But in fact, unless there's something wrong 
with the mechanism of your ear. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a real concept. It really? usually just means th- that you need to practice because it's muscle. The vocal cords are muscle. And if you practice it, like any other muscle, you develop more consistent behavior mm-hmm. on behavior. On behalf of that muscle. Well, Molly, my fiance, is an amazing singer, and sometimes we and this weekend we were driving around the island just just to have fun, and it was it was really wonderful. And she was singing, and then I would we were singing um, uh, God's songs from Godspell, and and I would eventually sometimes actually hit the note, and I heard it, and it like. Oh, that felt good. Yeah, and so it's just really an act. And actually, you're saying just practice and, and then practice that's how you get and it. practice. It's nice to be with somebody whose tone you trust, mm. whose pitch you trust, and then you just try to match it. That's how children learn how to speak. It's how they learn how to sing. Harley sang all the way over here to us. Yeah. Harley, and her Hanai granddaughter. Yes. Who's how old is she? She's two, a little over two. She's very cute. You're out there if you're listening to us, Harley. <laughs> Wave. Oh well. So her pitch was great in her songs, and it's because she sings a lot. She sings at school. Uh-huh. Her mommy sings to her, uh-huh. and her gram and her grandma sings to uh-huh. her. So, if children sing a lot, they usually don't encounter that that feeling of not being able to sing and your voice has that nice low register uh-huh. that's so great on the radio yeah. and then your your middle register and if that is true then you can sing because it's the same instrument really the sound's going through the same vocal cords so is this are these the types of things you'll be talking about at the workshop so you don't need to be a you don't exactly. need to be a you classically need, trained singer no not at all okay. you just come okay. because what i'm going to do is a form called voicestra like voicestra like orchestra okay. only voicestra and it's a form that was taught to me by bobby mcferrin uh people may know him <laughs> from his don't worry be happy song don't worry. but really he's just an incredible singer. I've been singing with him like 25, 30 years now. Mm. And uh, we, he, f- he made this idea that, okay, you get a big circle of people together mm-hmm. and you give this group uh, a, um, a little melody. And then they all sing mm-hmm. that. And then the next group, you give a melody that fits inside that. It fills in the spaces of that melody, mm-hmm. or maybe it's harmonic to that melody. Mm-hmm. And then I do four or five of those, and pretty soon we have a vocal orchestra. That's awesome. And so everybody's getting to sing, but you're not doing it alone, so you're not afraid that you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And you get to hear the melody right in your ears on either side. And the fact that it's not words, but it's these sounds, it's is that, these, does that make it a little easier? It, it does. It's a kind of singing language, yeah. a, a kind of universal singing language. Yeah. I think of it in a certain way like speaking in tongues. Huh. So I'm not thinking of it as nonsense syllables or gibberish. I'm right. actually trying to think, okay, I've been dropped in this village, and I'm going to try to fit in. I'm going to try to s- speak the way they speak. Yeah. So I notice that when I'm in Hawaii, there are more vowels. In there are a lot of vowels <laughs> here. Mo- but they're in the language I create, there are more vowels mm-hmm. because I'm listening to the Hawaiian language, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful to sing because mm-hmm. of all those vowels. Rhiannon, we've got to take a quick break okay. and we're going to come back. We're speaking with Rhiannon who is doing a workshop this uh, weekend at Unity on Saturday, March 3rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's Premier Mortgage Company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson, and I'm sitting in for Mary Omwake, who is off today. She'll be back next weekend, and then, of course, this Sunday at church services. We are speaking with Rhiannon, who is um, doing a workshop this Saturday at Unity. But if you want to get a flavor for what voicestra. Voicestra. Yeah, Yeah, like orchestra. We don't want to say estrus. I was okay. (laughs) Voicestra. You can hear her in concert this Friday, March 2nd, Mm -hmm. um, at the Makwa Union Church. Tell me a little bit about that concert. 
Well, it's going to have some voice extra in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the whole audience as the ensemble. Really? Mm-hmm. So you get to actually participate. So you don't just go to the concert. You get to You're perform. Okay. Yeah. And, and wh- whoever wants to sing the most will probably sing further down front. Mm-hmm. If you feel a little more shy, you sit wherever you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and you sing or you're welcome to come and just listen mm-hmm. as well. But it is an opportunity to sing. And Jean Argel, who's a local pianist, mm-hmm. is going to do a few um, uh, songs with me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to improvise. And... Uh, I improvise both vocally as a singer, mm-hmm. and then I sometimes do a little storytelling, a little talk story, I can because see. my training is as an actor as well as a singer. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York uh, 10 years and did a lot of theater training. My degrees are in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then I got so compelled by singing, I came back to mm-hmm. singing again. So then the theater finds its way into the music. That's awesome. So come come hear the concert, and then if you're so smitten by it and taken by it, then you come to the workshop the next day. On Saturday, yeah. Like and you said there are only a few slots left for the workshop. Yes, and we would love to fill it up so we have a nice big ensemble to sing with. And what we'll do is we'll do voicestra for a while, and then we'll stop and maybe we'll have some questions mm-hmm. and maybe uh, individual people that would like to might try a little improvisation. Mm-hmm. Because what I find is that people are are much more comfortable with improvisation mm-hmm. than they know. They mm-hmm. think of it as being something more formal. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you think that's the way it is with a lot of things? We think somebody else knows how to do it and we don't. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, it's a very human thing to improvise. Mm-hmm. We get up in the morning and we start making choices right away. Totally. Yeah. So if folks want to register for this, for the few slots that are left, uh, they can call this number. Yes. Uh, this number is 572-1089. That's 572-1089 for the workshop Saturday, March 3rd at uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., so a full day at Unity Church. And then, of course, uh, if you want to experience this and even participate in the concert, it yeah. kind of is a preamble to the, yeah. to this workshop. Uh You'll be at the Makwa Union Church on Friday. Yes. So you'll get a bit more of my <clears throat> singing on Friday night. Yeah. And and what I'll do sometimes is set up a voice astro with the audience and right. then I'll sing over it. Yeah. Solo over the top of it or tell a story over the top of it. But and children can come. Children yeah. usually love these kind of concerts because they get to participate. They like to they like to sing and they yes. like to be a part of it. And sometimes you, the stories are a little funny. Yes, I <laughs> not imagine. always. I, some I can <laughs> imagine that you got some humor there. We have a, just a, a minute left or so, but I know that you were just on Molokai doing a workshop. The same thing. I was just visiting on Molokai. Okay. Yes, I used to teach over there, but I was teaching on the Big Island. Mm-hmm at a little place on the Kona side. And I travel all over the world teaching. I've been um, singing and traveling for like 35 years. Really? So I travel all over Europe. I travel in Canada and the U.S. I've been to Australia and New Zealand, Mm -hmm. Japan. And then sometimes I'm traveling with Bobby McFerrin and this group that's called Voicestra. Oh, so you so when you say you've been singing with Bobby McFerrin, you really have been. Oh yeah, singing I with tour. Bobby. Yeah. I tour with him. Yeah. Uh, we have an ensemble called Voicestra that's twelve singers yeah. from all over the U.S. and uh, they're totally improvised concerts. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's they're very beautiful concerts. We've been touring in the U.S. this winter, and we're going to be in Europe in the summer. So I have given my life to this improvisation because I believe that it not only changes people's lives by the fact that they sing and mm-hmm. they recognize the power of of being able to express themselves voice, singing. Because we all have a voice. It's just helping to yes. get it out there. And then I feel like it is a possibility to change the the world by this teaching of improvisation because then people get more awake to that we have choices all the time. Wow. Clearly, this is your passion, Rihanna. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, find out more about the workshop Saturday, March 3rd at Unity, 572 1089. Thanks a lot, Rihanna. Thanks so much. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Reverend Diane Winter. And this is Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. Conversations with Friends with Murray Omwick is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. 
There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson, and we want to thank another sponsor who makes Conversations with Friends possible, and that is the magazine Real Estate Maui Style and Myrna Stone, who puts that magazine together every month. It's one of the finest publications on Maui. And this is a place where we have tons of real estate magazines. If you go out to the, you know, outside the grocery stores or the, or the drug stores, you see racks of magazines, and they're basically just filled with all sorts of ads. There's nothing to distinguish them. What makes real estate Maui style so wonderful is that there are stories in them, wonderful photos and content things that if you live here on Maui, you want to read. And if you don't live on Maui and you want to get a better sense of what the life is like here on Maui, pick up a copy of Real Estate Maui Style, and uh, we thank Myrna Stone for being a sponsor of Conversations with Friends. Joining us now is Reverend Diane Winter. Uh, she's been an international, she is an international spiritual counselor and teacher of philosophy of the science of mind, which is a, a spiritual path very similar to, sort of a, a cousin to unity, and um, she's been doing this for a long time. Welcome to Conversations with Friends. Diana, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, close up on the on the mic. We okay. want to we want to make sure everyone hears. So you have been uh, a practitioner of science of mind for how long? Uh, Twenty years. Twenty. And what brought you to that in the first place? Well, I think that um, certainly in my own life. When I was a little girl, I think I had a spiritual awareness, probably like everyone else does within them, um, but. I always wanted to know why are some people rich and some are poor? Why is it that some people are happy and some people are not? Why do some people have relationships that are beautiful and some people are lonely? Why are some people have great health and some people do not? And what I found out was that the Ernest Holmes philosophy asked those same questions. He, as a child, asked those same questions growing up. And... Um, so he studied every major philosophy, religion, science, psychology, and he found those answers and he put them all together. And he started out um, talking in a home with just a couple of people, and in a little more than a year he was speaking to 10,000 people at a time. And why? Because his philosophy worked, and he taught the five steps of prayer. And so I became, I went on and studied for many years, uh, and teach those same five steps of prayer now. So, and, and what's interesting is um, when Holmes created this, uh, he was doing it at a time when I think we lived in a society where if you threw the word science in, it had an extra, uh, we'll call it an, an extra marketing oomph, right? It, it had more validity to it. That's possible. I guess that's true. I don't know that he even thought about that. I, well, what do I, you think? Well, what, what, so, you know, we, we are obviously bombarded right now hearing things like the secret the law of attraction mm -hmm. so um the, the the these laws that exist that i guess have been around forever right. are being codified and described in in words that have very scientific sounds to them why is that well, I think that's because, like you say, they've been here forever, mm -hmm. and I think scientists are catching up. Mm -hmm. I think they're finally, you know, we had the Newton physics, and now we're having quantum physics, and we're finding that uh, within all form is an energy and a vibrational level, mm -hmm. and that actually by our observation that it can uh, change, the form will change. We change our reality through our thinking, mm -hmm. through the power, the focus of our attention. Where we put our attention is what we... Where we right. find ourselves. Right. The, the, the five-step prayer process that, that you teach, that Ernest Holmes brought to the world, kind of what's the difference between that and regular prayer? 
Um, I think there's a big difference. For one thing, uh, I think people have prayed their hearts out and end up exactly where they were before the prayer sometimes. Um, they still can't pay their bills or they still have a bad relationship or their health isn't good still. Uh, now, sometimes they'll pray and they do feel the bliss in the prayer, mm-hmm. but afterwards they're where they were before. Now, I don't believe that that's because a God has some favorites and, and some others doesn't, but I, what I do think is that it's like the power of electricity. And electricity doesn't have any favorites, but you have to learn the principles in order to um, to use the electricity. If you understand the principles, well, then what happens? You can light a house, turn on a computer, iron a shirt, whatever. But if you don't understand electricity, you can get electrocuted mm-hmm. by it. So it isn't that the electricity has favorites or is will uh, help some and not the others. And I think it's the same way with prayer. It's about learning, learning the steps or the principles so that you can could incorporate them in your life to have an effective result. So is it possible to mispray? <laughs> That's a tricky question, isn't it? I know. It? We, a, we ask really tough questions here. No, actually, I don't. No, actually, I don't. I no. think it's... How you pray. Because there's just more effective ways of doing it. There's m- more effective ways of doing it. Also, the other part of five-step prayer is sometimes it's wonderful if we all come from this very lofty place when we're praying, yeah. you know. And sometimes we do, and then we get great results. But there's sometimes we don't because the reason why, why we're going into prayer in the first place is because um, we might have some problems going on. You know, we might, we, our relationship isn't working, our health isn't good. And so therefore, we have some fear and, and some um, sadness going on. And and that, in that case, five-step prayer is wonderful yeah. because it can bring you from doubt and fear to a place of assurance and faith, and, it, and you can feel a great empowerment. And then you feel one with God. There's no separation anymore when you're in the doubt and the fear. There's a great separation. But once you um, come to this place, you're one with God. It's kind of like this. Um, it's like a muffin. You take a muffin and you throw it in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And the muffin is just bouncing around on the top of the ocean. But then pretty soon, what happens to the muffin? It falls apart. Well, actually, that's one thing it can do. But in this case, it starts to get permeated by the ocean. By the ocean, yeah. It's like a sponge. And pretty soon, the muffin's not on top of the ocean anymore. It's the muffin's in the ocean, and the ocean is in the muffin. So it's permeated by the ocean. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happens with us. Instead of being separate now, we're in God. And God's in us. There's one, and we we feel that wonderful embodiment. Well, and I feel better. We're just we're just muffins floating along in the ocean. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. Right. I'm hungry that's for breakfast right. now. Well, you know, I, one of the things that I you hear a lot, and it's kind of a cute saying, is that God answers all prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I don't necessarily. I mean. This is my own belief, and certainly I'm not trying to change anyone else's. I'm here to support everyone. But uh, I don't know that God's saying no so much as um, it's how we pray. It's Mm -hmm. how we pray. And and, uh, I actually think all prayer is answered. Mm -hmm. All of it is answered. Maybe it's not the way we thought it would be, but it's answered according to our use or understanding and embodiment of the principles to effective prayer. Let's walk through the five steps because these are really powerful. I've I've taken this class. I think this is an you know I took it uh, in in uh, Colorado at uh, at uh, uh, Mile High Church with Roger Teal, and it's yeah. just such a powerful thing. And when you look at these five steps, you say, "Hey, this really makes sense." So go through the five steps, will you? Okay, this will be a, a very simple a very interpretation quick, yeah. because, of course, this is a. Four, uh, four classes. Right. But the first step is to recognize that there is a power and to embody what all that means. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, there's God. But how great can you see that God? Mm-hmm. How can you see it as love and life and joy and beauty in your life as peace? Mm-hmm. How can you see that? And then once you recognize 
all that God is, then you want to connect with that mm-hmm. because God can be all the greatness of the earth and the, and the whole universe. But if I'm separate from it, it doesn't do me any good. Mm-hmm. So the second step is to connect, to okay. unite with it, to become one with it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'll show people how to do that. Mm-hmm. Then the third step is, well, why did we go into prayer in the first place? You know, maybe um, I want a job or whatever it might be, right? So then you you speak out what your desire is, and there's a, a great technique for that. Mm-hmm. And so what is it that you go into prayer for? And it's, it's sort of the realization of your desire. Also in that time, we take time to be silent and to be in the presence of God and to receive. Sometimes we need an answer that we can't find in our own mind, mm-hmm. and great answers will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth step is thanksgiving, to be thankful, because as thankful, when you're thankful, you become a channel for great for all the great things that's that God. That feeling is. of gratitude that draws it in. Yes, that's right. Okay. And then the last step is release, to let it go. It's like the farmer who plants a seed. He doesn't plant the seed. At, he just knows that the sun and the rain and the earth is going to take care of it. He doesn't dig it up three uh, nights later saying, oh, my gosh, I wonder if it's going to sprout. He I releases think, it. I think when people are first introduced to this, and you did a beautiful job of distilling what you say is a multi-week program that you'll be teaching. Um, but the first, the most difficult thing for people who are first introduced to it is that fifth step of just letting it go and knowing it is done. That's right. It is. And I think that it's the first step that will allow you to do that. And the also... First, you, in other words, when you know the power and the oneness of God, then the fifth step becomes easier. That's right. When you really embody the fullness of all that God is, mm-hmm. then the fifth step is easier. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I suggest to my students that they're like scientists, and they experiment with it and try it out and see if they get results. And if they don't, throw it out. But if, but if they find that way, they start getting little results and more results and more results. And pretty soon, they have great faith mm-hmm. because they're seeing the results. Does this five-step prayer process work for anyone or is it specific to a, a particular faith? That's a good question. And, and no, it has. It, you can be of any religion. It doesn't matter at all what faith you are. There's no theology or doctrine. It's it's more about um, learning the principles so that you can have effective prayer. And also, many people don't know who they really are. And it is a wonderful way to find out the truth of who you really are, the beauty within you, and and. It's a way to find wholeness. How, how do you find that out through this program? You know, I think it's by going through it that you find it out. I, lo- there's nothing logical that I can say. Okay. It's at a different level than that. What You must have seen uh, in your own life and in all the people who you've worked with some, and I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word, but I will, miracles that came about as a result of prayer. You want to share couple hundreds there's hundreds and hundreds i don't even know where to start i but i will share a okay. couple i will uh let's see I'll, I'll just i'm also an art consultant and i um sell art over the internet so i don't meet my clients mm-hmm. and um this happens several times but one time in particular this woman uh, called me up on the phone and she sounded like she had a really bad cold mm-hmm. and so she was asking about the art and she said you know I'm not really ready right now but maybe in about three or four months could you call me then and then I'll be ready I said sure I'll be glad to do that well about three and a half months later I called her and someone else answered the phone and they said oh she's really sick but I'll go get her. And of course, I wanted to say, no, no, you don't have to go get her. But she did. She went and, and the lady came on the phone. And I swear, she sounded like she was at death's door, mm-hmm. the, the congestion and everything. Mm-hmm. And she had pneumonia for about three months, mm-hmm. and the doctors were unable to cure it. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, you know, I feel like I'm dying. She says, we can't find a way to cure this. And she was just, oh, her respiratory system was horrible. And I said to her, well, do you believe in prayer? And she said, well, yes, I do. And Now, I don't know this woman. I only talked right. to her two times in She's my life. She's a client over the telephone yes, the and, Internet. You know, yeah. And I said, um, would you mind if I prayed for you? And she said, okay. So I prayed with her. And in this five-step process, you come to a place 
of incredible embodiment of, of the power of God, the presence of God. And I could feel the presence there. And, and so anyway, at the end of the prayer, she said, you know, I'm really feeling bitter, and I have hope. And I said, that's wonderful. And I said, you know, I expect you to get better. And I said, would it be all right if I call you in about a week mm -hmm. and just check on you? And she said, yes, she'd like that. Well, a week later, I called, and she didn't answer the phone again. Mm -hmm. And so um, another woman answered, and she said, oh, I'll go get her. So when she came to the phone, she was huffing and puffing. And I thought, oh, no, you know, she yeah. sounds like this respiratory. And I said, hi, how are you? And she said, oh, I was out in my garden weeding. She said, I ran to get the phone because <laughs> they said it was from Hawaii. And I said, oh, well, how are you? And she says, I am wonderful. She says, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. She says, I am wonderful. She says, do you know? She says, I am all better. But more than that, she says, I have gotten my power back. She said, do you know that all my life I've been a doormat? And my husband kept telling me to stand up for myself, and I wouldn't. And she said, my daughter has been living with me and driving me nuts. And she says, I told her to move. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I feel so wonderful. Well, anyway, that's one prayer. That's right? awesome. So, it, it, and, and pneumonia is a tough thing to, to lick. And so did you pray consistently after that? No. Or you just did one prayer? I did one prayer. Now, often I do pray consistently. Mm -hmm. But in that prayer, I absolutely knew it was done. I, you can feel it. Yeah. There's a knowing. You yeah. know, there's a knowing. And um, I'll tell you about another one. Yeah, let's uh, talk. Okay. These are great. Now, this is another lady who was uh, a client on the phone from, and I'd only talked to her. I talked to her once before. This was the second time I talked to her. And it turned out that she's a fairly famous country and western singer. Mm -hmm. And she confided in me, and she even cried a little bit. And she said, you know, my voice is getting weaker, and uh, it doesn't have the same beautiful quality it used to have. And it really scares me because this is my life. This mm -hmm. is what I do, you know. So I said again, well, do you believe in prayer? And mm -hmm. she said, yes. And I asked her if I could pray for her. And so we did. And uh, at the we did just the one prayer. Well, last week, I got this little note from her email, and I'm going to read it to you. Mm -hmm. Hi, Diane. Thank you. I just had to let you know what happened after we prayed last week. As you predicted, something exceptional happened. The songs I recorded are probably the best work I have done to date. My producer and I have noticed a strength in my voice that has never been so evident. Somehow, something magical happened. I did not know I would find the answers nor the healing through you. Love always, your kindred spirit, so-and-so. That is so sweet. It's so wonderful. And I say this all the time. Yeah. All the time. And my students, when they learn to do this, um, they can do this, too. And I, and I see them do this, too. Mm -hmm. Of course, now, uh, it depends on... I mean, you can come to my class and say, oh, this is such a great class. I love it. And, yep, that's right. That's right. But if you go back home and do the same thing you've always been doing, mm -hmm. you're going to get the same thing you always mm -hmm. got. Mm -hmm. We have to be like uh, – we have to get in the kitchen and bake the cake. Do, have you uh, – when we first started talking today, you said that when you were a kid, you were looking around and wondering, why is that person have – money and this and this person doesn't yes can you pray for things like uh, a financial abundance absolutely absolutely can you can pray for um the, one of the reasons why people i suggest that people take the class who are are drawn to it is because that where there was poverty before you can have um, financial abundance where there was illness before you can have um health where there was uh, loneliness before, you can have companionship. Mm -hmm. And most of all, what this does is it quiets the mind. It quiets the mind to be able to receive that, to, to get you to into a place to receive th those gifts. Yes, and, and it's before you can receive it, though, yes, it, you quiet the mind, but you change it. There's a change of thinking. There's a change of consciousness mm -hmm. because... In the Bible, as it says, it is done unto you as you believe. Mm -hmm. So many people are praying, you know, I want health, I want health. And they might do that prayer for five minutes, but maybe the other uh, 10 or 15 hours a day, they're mm -hmm. saying, oh, I'm so miserable, and oh, my body's giving up on me, and oh, what am I going to do? That's a prayer, too. Because the, the subconscious mind is not able to distinguish between the two. That's right. Right. 
We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'd like to hear a little more about this, and let's talk a little bit about uh, the difference between prayer and meditation. Okay. You're listening to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson, and we'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwick is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. We are speaking with Diane Winter, who is doing a workshop that she's done many times here on Maui on the five-step prayer process. It's going to be at Unity starting Monday the 5th from 645 until 845. It's a four-week class, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, 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 what, what, sorry, and, uh, and, uh, what do you people need to do to, to prepare for the class, for the first class on the 5th? They don't need to do anything. Just they show can up. just show up. That's okay. right. From all walks of life, whether, you know, I work with either the rich and famous or I can work, I've been working with uh, inmates for the last 16 years. I want to get to that in a minute, but let's first uh, address that, that question that I asked right before we went to break. What do you see as the difference between meditation and prayer? Well, I think prayer for me is the process to get us to the place of meditation. Um, prayer is the gateway. You, you start with the prayer. Yeah. And, and they're both, they're two different techniques, right. too. And, you know, there's many ways to God. There's many ways to empowerment. And, and uh, prayer is a way to talk to God, for one mm-hmm. thing. But it also is to be very specific. It's very specific of what you want in your life mm-hmm. and to be able to receive that. Mm-hmm. Now, specific can mean a job, but specific can also mean I would like to be a channel for God guide me show me what to do mm-hmm. it can be like that um and then and then meditation is the quiet place where you're just being still and listening mm-hmm. the way i teach five step prayer though i do both in it at I, the same time no or, or i do, do you the, start with the it, prayer i go first second third step okay. and then in the third step after we have spoken our desire then we're quiet and we listen because you know we can only think so big and that's not very big at all and then you open up to be expansive, and then that's when the more greater possibilities come in. Right. Is there a particular time of day that you pray? I like to start out first thing every morning. Okay. And um, because then it sets the tone for my whole day. Mm-hmm. And then it's like deposits in the bank. And if you do it every day for a while, pretty soon you're just walking on air. You just feel wonderful. How long does it? How long is your prayer process? That you do your it own just practice. depends. Sometimes I spend an hour mm-hmm. in the whole process. I might read a little something and do the prayer and do some meditation for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then uh, more prayer. Or, but for the average person, I think they could do 10 to 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Of combining of, of, this, of this prayerful meditation. Five-step yeah. prayer, right. Okay. That's right. You have been, as you said earlier, very active over the years uh, working with inmates in prison populations. What drew you to that? I wasn't drawn to that. Um, I was had a very, very successful practice here on Maui. Um, uh, very successful. I was working day and night, enjoying every bit of it. And I was in the midst of prayer. I At that time... Practice doing... Pardon? What was your practice? What were you... Um, I was teaching uh, metaphysical philosophies. Um, uh, Every night I had a class every night, and during the day I did counseling Mm -hmm. all during the day. And and, uh, I spent four hours in the morning in prayer every day at Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. And I was in the middle of meditation, and I heard, Diane, Diane. And I lived out in McKenna at that time, and I thought, Oh, who's bothering me? I want to be in my meditation. (laughs) So I went down the stairs and I looked. There was no one there. And so I went back into prayer. Diane! And I I 
listened again, and I realized it was in my head. And God has only spoken to me twice in my life where I actually heard a voice. So it was. It was. You really thought it was a a person. Someone outside. But I was deep in meditation, you know. And all of a sudden, I just heard this voice. And so um, I listened, and it said, "I want you to go into the jail." I didn't even know where the jail was. I didn't know how to get into the jail. We don't have that in McKenna. No. Yeah. And so I said, "All right, all right, I will." And um, so I went to, to the jail, and I was talking to the warden at that time. And, and I, but I didn't know anything about jail. And I said, you know, I want to celebrate the, the birthdays of the inmates and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he said, we don't do that here. <laughs> and, and then he, he kind of just went to the door and opened it like, right. you're, you're done. you know. And I said, um, you know, I'm not done yet. And the reason <laughs> why I said that was I had this sinking feeling, and then I heard within me, Nothing can stand in the way of the mighty moving power of God Mm -hmm. in motion. And that's when I said, I'm not done yet. So he laughed and he came back and he listened. And he said, all right, you can start next Tuesday. Wow. And so I started out with one. How many years ago was this? 16. Wow. I started out with one. And it was voluntary if they wanted to come or not. And pretty soon I was doing uh, 50 in a class back to back. So Mm -hmm. I was doing like 100 inmates. And at that time, I think there was only like 150 in the whole jail. <laughs> <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you had the whole population there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people would say, oh, you got to help me with this guy because he's so bad, he's going to hurt me and all that. And I said, I'll never fight against the darkness. Never. It's not about that. It's about turning to the light. And then pretty soon more come and more come and more come. And, and our focus is on the light, on the goodness, mm-hmm. on love, on God. Have, and then I imagine some of these inmates, when they uh, left prison, have stayed in touch with you? Oh, lots. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And um, so how has this has this type of uh, message uh, changed their lives? Well, some of them have never gone back to jail. One of them uh, had been a drug dealer for seven years and a uh, big drug dealer. And now he has a job, a $50,000 a year job. Um, he started out as a dishwasher, and he went on his bicycle all the way from jail to uh, Kihei mm-hmm. and little by little was using this prayer practice, using this prayer practice every day. He ended up with a 50,000-year job, a car, a truck, a company yeah. truck, and a home. And he goes to uh, – he travels every year to Europe. and That's awesome. And yeah. all through the power of this five-step prayer process. Yes. If you'd like to learn how to do this yourself uh, – I really encourage you to take this class. It starts next Monday, the 5th, 6.45 to 8.45, two hours, and it runs for four weeks at Unity on High Street. If they want to sign up, they just call the church. That's right. 242-9327. That's 242-9327. And uh, Diane Winter will walk you through this whole five-step process, and it creates miracles. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I look so forward to anyone who wants to come because I love to see people's lives turned around so that they're free and happy and joyous. That's my greatest joy. Diane Winter, thank you so much for being with us today on Conversations with Friends. I want to let everyone know that this um, Friday, March 2nd, at the Queen Kahomano Center Shopping Center from 6.30 until 8.30, I want to encourage you to come out and hear a peace concert. Uh, there are going to be a number of people who are performing from our Unity Ohana, uh, and most uh, importantly, the keynote kickoff uh, singer is uh, Carl Anthony and his wife, Jean. They were on our program last week, and that's all to sponsor the Gandhi King season for peace and nonviolence. We want to invite you to join us at Unity every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Kahului. Silence begins at 9.30, and it's a wonderful opportunity to be in the silence with a group of people like-minded consciousness and sharing everything that Unity is. Let you know that Unity um, also has conversations with friends available via podcast. You can find us on the internet at www.conversationswithfriends, and you can podcast this and put it on your iPod and listen to it anytime and tell friends about it. I'm James Jacobson. Mary Omwake will be here next week. Take care. Aloha.